Hey, what's up, everybody? I decided to just go ahead and push the live button here on uh, YouTube, and I am going to um, take a look today at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, just kind of an impromptu reading and a little discussion about it here, thinking that I better get my microphone a little bit closer to me. Uh, let me go ahead and get something out of my way here. Uh, check this cable. Excuse me one moment here. All right. So we're going to get rid of this one. See, when you do something impromptu, it's called not being prepared to. <laughs> but I'm just getting something out of my way here. But anyway, that's that. So uh, going to go ahead and, like I said, get the microphone in a little bit closer to me here. Been having a problem with uh, when I do record stuff instead of going live, uh, I get a little bit of a problem with sound quality. When you upload something to YouTube, uh, it's not the same sound quality as when I'm live as far as uh, the level of sound. So... I know when I'm recording, I've got to have the microphone closer to me. Typically, when I go live like this, I don't have to. But um, anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, start reading here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It says, Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, to the church of God, which is in Corinth. Now, if you don't know, um, that's why this book is called Corinthians. Um, it was written to the church, the Christians, the believers in Jesus that lived in the town or the city of Corinth. Okay. And Paul's just specifying, hey, I'm writing this. Sosthenes is with me here. Um, and we're, and he's, telling us who he's writing this to. He says in verse two, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, uh, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So now Paul's gonna get kind of into the meat of things here. He says, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God, which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. You see, if you're new, if you've come upon this um, and you're new to Christianity, uh, or maybe you know nothing about Christianity or what you know about Christianity, you know, doesn't mean much to you, but somehow you've stumbled upon this, right? But anyway, here, when you come to Jesus, you're establishing a testimony in your life that, you, that your life is now founded, rooted, and grounded upon your faith in Jesus, and that he is now your king, he is now your Lord, and that you're going to now live your life as a servant of his, as a subject of his. Um, 
seeking his will for your life, being obedient to his word and what he teaches. And we find what he teaches, of course, in the pages of the New Testament of the Bible and also in the writings of his apostles who he trained firsthand. And here we're, we're reading something from the apostle Paul who was antagonistic against Jesus Christ initially, but after Jesus had already um, ascended into heaven, ascended back into heaven after his resurrection, that's when Paul met him. And Paul was on a road uh, going into a city called Damascus, and he was out and about doing evil deeds, wanting to kill Christians, wanting to have them arrested and uh, punished, and he met Jesus. And, uh, you know, Everybody's got a testimony in their life, those that come to Jesus. In one way, shape, or form, they've got a testimony. Uh, it could be that they were just trained up in the Lord, raised up in the Lord by parents who knew the Lord, obeyed the Lord, served the Lord. Um, or it could be that they had an experience sometime in their life where um, they were finally came to the end of themselves and they gave their lives to Jesus Christ. But whatever the case there's always this testimony that gets established. And Paul says here in verse four, uh, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God, which was given to you by Christ Jesus. You see, God so loved the world, the scripture tells us in John three sixteen, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And that's the key. God desires that you and I would not perish, that, but, but rather that we would have everlasting life, eternal life. We will someday, this body that we now indwell will die, every one of us. Um, the death rate is 100%. Um, you will die, I will die, unless the Lord comes back before we die. But otherwise, we will die and we will put off these bodies um, but there is a life, an everlasting life, that those who have established a testimony in Christ and have come to faith in Jesus Christ and been born again of the Spirit, as the Bible talks about, as Jesus talks about, you'll have this eternal life. And this was the grace of God. This was God's grace. It was unmerited favor, and it was offered to all the world. It's offered to all the world. God's grace is offered to all the world. Hey, whosoever will, come. That's God's grace. Now the ball becomes in your court at that point, as they say, right? You, you become a person that has to say, yeah, you know, I'll accept this grace of God by repenting and giving my life to Jesus Christ, having faith in him and serving him with my life in, in the way that I'm going to live from now on, okay? So he says, I thank God always concerning you for the grace of God, which was given to you by Christ Jesus. He says that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and knowledge. You see, what happens is when you come to Jesus Christ, your life becomes different. You begin to utter different things. You begin to know different things. That's Paul mentions two things there in verse five. And again, I'm at 1 Corinthians chapter one here. In verse five, he says that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and knowledge. So, you obtain a knowledge now that you didn't have before. 
the knowledge of the Lord because the spirit of the Lord comes in you when you are born again and you've committed your life by faith to living for Jesus. And you begin to speak differently. The things that come out of your mouth, the things that you utter, it all changes. Everything changes, right? So that in verse six, again, as I already read, but I'm just kind of going back through these here, um, there's a testimony that's established, that's confirmed in you, right? You've got this testimony now. Hey, I used to be this, but now I'm this. I used to you know, live life my own way and do things that I wanted to do, and I was Lord of my own life, but now Jesus is Lord of my life. Paul's telling the Corinthians, the believers, the church in the city of Cornman, hey, I'm thankful for that, he's saying. And he says, so that you come short, in verse seven, he says, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we're waiting for his return. You want to know about the revelation of Jesus Christ? You want to know about the second coming of Jesus Christ? You want to know about what all that's going to be like? Well, there's a book called Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's in the very back of your Bible. You can go and read that book and find out all about that, right? But he says, we're waiting for that. You know, we're, we're waiting. We're eagerly waiting for that. You know, again, we're going to put off this body. Now, I don't know where you are um, at this stage of your life. You know, I don't, of course, I'm talking to a camera right now, right? I have no idea who's on the other side of this camera or when I post this audio on our podcast. Um, you know, I don't know who's listening, you know? So I don't know if you're, you know, 14 years old, 25 years old, 55 years old, 65 years old, whatever. But again, the truth of the matter is, is we're all headed in the same direction, right? We're all headed toward the end of our lives. And um, there's, there's going to come this time when we're going to be absent from this body. And the Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's, it's going to happen. So whether you've given your life to Christ or not, you're going to face that fact. You're going to bow the knee. You're going to confirm. Now, at that point, you're going to, Hear one of two things, right? Well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter in, right? Or you're going to hear, depart from me, I never knew you. You who practice lawlessness. You see, when you come to Jesus, you stop practicing lawlessness. In other words, you stop living that life of sin that where, where, where your life is all about the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, getting what you want, striving for this, striving for that, having this in the world or that in the world, whatever it might be that you're going after, you let go of all that and you come into a, a new kingdom where Jesus is king, Jesus is Lord, and you trust in him. And that becomes your priority. Your priority becomes seeking first, your priority, seeking as your priority, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You're, you're, you're desiring to live in a righteous manner and you're choosing that on a daily basis. You're not practicing lawlessness, you're practicing righteousness, okay? So if that's you, well then you're eagerly awaiting the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in verse eight he says, who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the end or in the day, excuse me, of our Lord 
Jesus Christ. So you'll have Christ in you when you put your faith in him and you're born again of the spirit. His spirit will be in you and you're going to walk in obedience. If you walk in the spirit, you're not fulfilling the lust of the flesh, the Bible says. That's how you know. That's how you know whether you're walking in the spirit or not. You're not fulfilling the lust of your flesh. Okay? So, uh, he goes, now I plead with you, or no, verse 9, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay? So, you're in that fellowship. You're walking with Jesus. You're in the light. You're walking in the light. You're walking in truth. You're not walking in the ways of the world. Um, the grace of God has appeared to all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts and to live soberly and righteously in this present age. That's how you're living. You're in Christ. God is faithful. You're going to hear at the end of your life, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Verse 10, now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So Paul's telling this church, this group of believers, right? Look, they've got a fight on their hands. They're now contrary to the world around them. And that's what happens to you when you come to faith in Jesus Christ. You're now on the other side. You're in a different kingdom, but yet we're still here walking in this life. We're still in this temporary body, in this temporary world that we now live in. And it's not going to be easy. So Paul's encouraging the believers here, have unity amongst each other. Be of one mind. And, and that's a sad thing today, even in churches today, where you see so much division or you see people that cause division. The Bible tells us too in Romans to note those who cause division contrary to the doctrine which you have received or you have, you know, the doctrine you've received and, and avoid those people, Okay. Avoid the people that cause division. So it's important that the church, though, the body of Christ, be of one mind, be of the same mind as Paul's telling the Corinthians here. Anybody goes on, he's going to address something with them. And he says, for it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now, I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. So, he's saying, what are you doing dividing up like this? What are you doing saying, well, you know, I'm of this man, or I'm of that man, I'm of, I'm, I follow this guy this is my teacher, this is my pastor, this is my guy over here, or I'm of this, you know, sect, or I'm of this church, or this denomination, or that non-denomination, whatever it may be. And you identify yourself with that, and, and Paul's, Paul's correcting the Corinthians on this. And say, isn't, it, isn't it amazing how this still exists today, though? You know, and he says, is Christ divided? In verse 13, kind of looks like it kind of gives that appearance to the world when you look at the church today and the way churches are all divided and split over this topic or that topic and you know uh, now look I understand we we all can't fellowship in one building on a Sunday we all couldn't fit right 
So it's okay that, you know, one goes to one church, one goes to the other church. But we're talking about division here where you're not of the same mind, you know, where everything's not based upon Jesus Christ, but rather it's based upon your religion or your denomination or your non-denomination, you know, and uh, that's where it gets all out of whack. But Paul says in verse 13 to these Corinthian believers, he says, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So Paul's focusing them here on what they should be focused on, and that's Jesus, Jesus Christ, right? I thank God that I baptized none of you, he says, except Crispus and Gaius, lest anyone should say that I baptize in my own name. Yes, I also baptize the household of Stephanus. Besides, I do not know whether I baptize any other. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. So Paul's saying, hey, this wasn't my calling. I'm not called to, to baptize people. Paul knew what his calling was. He was called to preach Christ, okay, to preach the gospel, and he says, I'm not doing it with wisdom of words. I'm not trying to be some fancy poetic speaker. I'm not trying to be some polished guy. I'm just going to tell you the truth about Jesus Christ. That's what Paul was doing. And he says, um, verse 18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to, to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. You see, that's what it was all about, the cross. The grace of God. Here's Jesus. God gave his only begotten son. He gave his only son. And Jesus gave his life on the cross. He was crucified, dead, and buried for your sin, for my sin. And, and it's all about Jesus. And that's what Paul was preaching, right? He says in verse 19, he says, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of of the prudent. Look, it's sad today to me. Um, you know, you can look, you can you can go online and you can look for people that are hiring, churches that are hiring pastors, and you can look at the requirements of what they're looking for. And they're really looking for this polished guy with the degree and, you know, who can, who's, a, you know, an eloquent speaker. You know, I think of a local church in my area here. I hate to bring this up, but it's popping in my mind here how they went on a a search to find a, a pastor. It's a large church in the area here, and they went out and they found this pastor, and he was a polished speaker, and you know, um, you know, just very smooth guy. You know, well, he ended up having affairs with many women. I forget the number in the church. You know, because. You know, unfortunately, the church today is trying to be like the world. It's trying to, you know, uh, put out of there a bunch of honey and catch, catch as many flies as it can, rather than putting out there the truth, the gospel message, you know. And, you know, the, the cross is, is a message that is foolishness to those that are perishing. They don't want to hear it because they don't want to be born again. They don't want to repent and come to Jesus, Right. He says in verse 20, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not get God made foolish the wisdom of this world? In other words, God did something very simple, very powerful, 
very costly, right? It cost Jesus his life, but yet it's as simple as God became flesh and dwelt among us and he died on the cross for us. He gave his life for us. It's that simple. And he offers this grace to everyone and says, hey, repent, come to Jesus, okay? Um, Verse 21, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe, okay? So again, there's something that has to be done. There's a step of faith that has to be taken. You have to come and believe, okay? And there's a message preached, right? And the message is Jesus Christ died for you. He died for your sin. You can give your life to him. You can be born again. And uh, let me see here, verse uh, 22. For Jews request the sign and Greeks seek after wisdom. You see, there's people in this world of all different cultures, all different races, all different upbringings and all of that kind of stuff. And there's certain things that they look for. But God didn't come to please your culture. God didn't come to give something to the white man, something to the black man, something to, you know, this race, that race. No, it's Jesus and Jesus only. There's no other name given under heaven whereby we can be saved. It's Jesus only. And, um, you know, but he says, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. Right. So the Greeks, he said in verse 22, seek wisdom. Right? They all want to be about, you know, it, it, that speaks of those that those people and not just the Greeks today. There are many people today that are very philosophical and they, they want to sit around and discuss things in, you know, some clever, eloquent way. And, and uh, they want to try to figure things out intellectually. But that's not what it's about. It's a matter of faith. It's a matter of just believing in Jesus Christ, putting your faith in him, making him your king, your Lord. And God's not going to give any signs for that. That is the sign. Christ died, crucified, dead and buried. That is the sign. And that's all, that's all there is. There's nothing else coming. That, that is, this is it. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. He says, but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. That's it. The power of God, the wisdom of God is in the message of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It's as simple as that, okay? And he's, he's, he's establishing this message here with these Corinthians, again, who are acting foolish themselves by dividing up and say, oh, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas, I am of Christ, you know, trying to outdo one another as if one's better than the other, okay? And uh, unfortunately, we see that too today in churches. One church thinks, oh, we're superior. We, we do it this way. 
we believe this way. What? You believe that way? Uh, we want nothing to do with you if you look at it that way. You know, everybody wants to divide up, okay? He says, um, verse 25, um, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Let me just think about that. Meditate on that for a minute. The foolishness of God is wiser than men. If God could be absolutely foolish, if he could be that, if the very, you know, the least thing that God knows is way stronger than the highest thing man could ever know. Okay, and 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 as uh, it says, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. If if God could ultimately be very, 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 very weak, as weak as God could be, He's far stronger than man could ever possibly be in His ultimate strength. That's something to meditate on too, because when you you're somebody and you, you're looking for a sign or you're looking for something philosophical or you're looking for a feeling or you're looking for an emotion or you're trying to find something to prove God, you're not going to find him because it's faith that pleases God. The simplicity of faith. I am by faith coming to Jesus Christ and I am just going to trust in him and I am going to give my life to him wholeheartedly. I did that 36 years ago. That faith is still keeping me going today. I'm still walking in Christ. I still have a testimony. That's why I'm, I'm doing these type of things I'm doing here, preaching Christ and encouraging you and exhorting you to take that sim- simple step of faith and come to Jesus, right? And look at this, verse 26, for you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh and not many mighty, not many noble are called, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. So, you know, it's kind of funny. I I go ahead and I push a button here to start recording live um, on YouTube. And, uh, you know, this will be posted out there. If you're watching this, you've come upon it. And um, I had no clue what I'm going to talk about, but but who cares? I just want to be led by the Spirit. I just want to show you the simplicity of knowing Christ. I don't need to come on here and be some polished speaker. I'm not that. I'm a fool. Trust me. Trust me, I'm nothing. And I understand these scriptures right here. You know, the foolish things, the base things, right? The despised things, not mighty. That describes me. There's nothing powerful, nothing good about me at all. But I can still, by faith, get on here and tell you about Jesus. You know, I could spend time on here telling you about all he's done in my life and the way that I've seen his hand at work in my life. And it's been in many ways, but all of it's by faith. Every step I've taken in this life for the past 36 years, I live by faith. I walk by faith, not by sight. I've never seen Jesus. 
but I walk by faith and I know his presence in my life. And I know the power of the gospel and the effect that it's had on my life, which is why I get on here and share this kind of thing, right? Verse 30, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. You see, apart from the Lord, we can do nothing. That is nothing of any eternal value. You know, many people accomplish many things in life. Many people do things in life that, that maybe make them rich, make them wealthy, um, you know, make them have an abundance of this or that and make them feel special, make them feel like they accomplished something. They go out and they maybe think that the clothes they're wearing makes them special, makes them attractive in some way or the cars they drive, the type of car they drive, the status symbol, whatever it may be, the type of house they live in, the amount of money they have in their 401k and they store up and, you know, uh, and, and they try to prosper in this life, thinking that that's what it's all about. But life is really all about Jesus and glorying in him. Let, let, us, let, let all the glory be to Jesus because he's given us a hope and a future. He's given us eternal life. So... I'll go ahead and stop here. I just wanted to go ahead and, like I said, jump on and do a little impromptu reading. If you've come upon this video or you've come upon this audio and, uh, you know, there's anything I can help you with, you can reach out to me. Go to our website, aloveoutreach.com. Click on the contact form and drop us a note there. Or directly, my email address is dave at aloveoutreach.com. Um, but uh, just let us know that you're listening. And um, if there's anything we can pray for you about, we'd love to do that as well. So we'll go ahead and stop here for today. God bless. And we will see you next time.